The wheelhouse returns after the 4th of July holiday. What does fear and discretionary effort have to do with one another? Find out. A new episode of The Wheelhouse begins right now. We're back. Welcome to Season 5 of The Wheelhouse. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter. In this season, I'm delighted to again host a roundtable discussion with two of my favorite leaders in education, Penny Brockway and Catherine Money, focused on one of the foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership. In season three, we explored the five arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, how to plot a growth trajectory, and then how to use those arenas to do what matters most, serve our students by growing our people. In season four, we continued exploring ADL in this roundtable, thinking about the paradigm shifts we need to make on our journey to become accomplishment-driven leaders. In this season, we'll continue to explore this new destination, how to talk about it, how to think about it, and how to bring your team with you as you depart on this journey. At Students Matter, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student and each teacher that they are distinctive and irreplaceable. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Good morning and welcome back to The Wheelhouse. This is episode three. I'm here in The Wheelhouse in the wee hours of the morning with my good friends, Kathy Money and Penny Brockway. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Chandler. Good morning, Good morning, Ms. Brockway. <laughs> Are we going to be official today? I think yeah. go by title. Formal, right? Oh, very Ooh. formal. So, so formal. I don't know. I need some more coffee. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? On it. So Good. good. Awesome. So uh, thanks again for returning to the wheelhouse. We are, uh, of course, in episode one, you know, we talked about, you know, we it was called It's a Bit Like Herding. And we were talking about, you know, how do we think about the, the status quo? And then in our second episode, we, you know, which is called Portrait of a Graduate, Portrait of Each Graduate, we talked about starting to really define what that, what that new destination is, how are we going to get how do we change direction from going to Boston to going to New York, right? And what does that look like when we when we think about a, a new destination for our organization or for a building or even for for a classroom, for that matter? Um, today, I thought it would be fun to talk about, okay, so we have a destination. So an ADL has kind of figured out what they want that is different than where, where they currently are headed. And they've, they've got that pretty clear in their mind about what that is. How do we share that? How do we start to talk about that? How do we start to bring other people right on board? Kathy said it in one of our earlier episodes, this is absolutely not work that one person can do, right? You can't do it alone, no matter how good you are, or even how good you think you are, you're not going to be able to do all this work by yourself. So this vision of this destination being carefully constructed, but and yet still deep within the the recesses of our brains, will go nowhere and will get us nowhere if we don't do something with it. And part of that, 
part of that do something with it is to start to to share that destination with others. And we do that in a lot of different ways. So, hey, that's the topic for episode three. How do we start? Go ahead. (laughs) And then there's silence. And then there's Um, silence. Yeah. I mean, immediately I'm thinking about the fact that here we are in the the myths of end of year, beginning of year, um, specifically around, you know, grant work, right? Not not Dr. Chandler work, but, you know, grant funds. My, my um, name is synonymous with money. I want you I, all yeah, to. You know, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I always think of, of money when I think of you. Um, so <laughs> I, I was thinking about the, the language that's used within that process. Those, you know, with looking at Oftentimes, um, the work that we do can can kind of look like compliance, right? It's very, very driven by a timeline. I've got to do these tasks so that I can secure these funds. <laughs> so instead, you know, to me, once that destination is defined, that language should be appearing in everything that we're doing, right? Including these what typically would in my mind considered as these compliance tasks that so what is what does that look like to secure grant funds that we do on an annual basis but we start to change the language within that we start to show that it's a it's a different destination and so then when we're when we're writing these grants and looking at the language change that then leads to different actions. It leads to different monitoring of those those goals. So it, it starts to kind of set a domino effect almost when you simply change the language within something that traditionally was just let's get it done so we can get our money. And you could mm-hmm. take that idea, which is brilliant, Kathy. You could take mm, that thanks. idea. And you could you could apply that to every compliant act that we do. Oh, not, for sure. Not just not just grants, right? Which absolutely is a huge is a huge piece of the organization's work because you know obviously we we have to have funding to do it to to you know to to have people and to do the work. But you could take that to anything that is compliance oriented, and think about. How do we do that differently, right? Um, knowing that this is the destination where we're headed to. Mm-hmm. That shift from, and we talked about this in a pre, in the previous uh, season, right? That shift from the compliance to what was our exact language? Compli- I don't know that compliance was actually one of our words, but it was the the. It's the shift of. Yes, I do this managerial piece, right? And then I do the managerial never goes away. And I think that's one of the things we talked about, but to shift the language within it to meet the destination that we're headed for. That's what it reminds, you know, that's what this conversation reminds me of is, is we shift the managerial work to the work of the destination because you still have to do it. And that's our point right now, right? As Kathy and I are both steeped in, in that grant work, um, that is it. And I think about the fact that it's so intentional, helping people see and recognize. So when you talk about this destination and you, you share it with others, that it's 
it's really intentional in choosing those words, whether it's in paper, on paper, in a computer program, in an Excel spreadsheet, or, and for me, most importantly, at the table with human beings, it's super intentional that you're choosing those words. I was able this last week to work with a leadership team and I love coming to the table with building leadership teams. Of course, in my current position alongside of a principal, and I've done this with each of the buildings in the district I'm working, but we were able to talk about that word each a little bit simply because they were talking about how in the world do we help everyone recognize that you can't leave a student out, that belonging is really what this is about. And so I shared with them the power of that shift of the word each. And um, and just a little bit and how it transitioned my entire way of thinking about the work that I do, like what, six or eight years ago, probably now, Grant, you can probably speak to the exact date and place and time. But yeah, that that was huge. And um, and although I wasn't sharing a broad destination at that point for them, um, just that little piece has come back already this week to say that made me really think that really made me think. And what you were talking about, you know, is this paradigm shift from manage to navigate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so what you were, what you were, what you were doing was purposefully, even you, even if you didn't have to share the entire, the entire idea and the entire concept, is you were making some decisions about how to navigate, right? How to get them closer to what they were really trying to think about and trying to uncover. Uh, and that was, and and that's that, that's that paradigm shift. And when we think about the compliance piece, right, it's about, it's about, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to just manage that. And I'm not just going to lead that. I'm actually going to navigate through it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to navigate through it. And in doing so, I'm going to take that compliance activity that I have to do. And, you know, we all know that in education, there's a gazillion of them, <laughs> right? But I'm going to, I'm going to use that and I'm going to, I'm going to use that to navigate and get us closer to, closer to this new destination. Thank you, Grant. I think absolutely. Yes. Thank you for the words that make it so clear. And I think that navigation, the intentionality in it and the use of your tools in a very different way. The use of your time, the use of your teams, the use of the physical tools also in a very different way demonstrates as well a different destination. And so I think that's another way we communicate that. Yeah, which is, it's just interesting that word intentional. Um, our team, you know, the that I am fortunate to to work alongside, that's our, that's our word moving into you know the the 23 24 school year is intentional you know we we kind of jokingly said this last year we were this is flexible and fluid because we were trying to you know we were a fairly new team trying to figure things out and and having the ability to to really narrow in and and focus on each and every student that needs those additional supports um now it's about being intentional so even by saying that's that's our word and we're going to keep that in the forefront throughout this entire school year and i've never been one i mean i worked with different leaders um uh, throughout my career that they would choose like this is our word of the you know year that kind of stuff i've never done that um but one of my our team members had said it's about intentionality and I, absolutely absolutely so what what does that mean in every decision that we're making because we've 
we've again defined things a bit different, a lot different in in that those managerial tasks that work that we have to say that here are our goals, here's how we're going to monitor that. Now, what is that work that we're going to do that's going to be incredibly intentional and make sure that we're focusing in on each and every student? So those actions now have to, they have to be a bit different, a lot different. You spoke there, Kathy, for a minute about how you were going to measure something, right? Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot this time of year as well. I mean, as we come into the end of a school year and we're prepping for, and that's where our minds and and our activity goes most heavily is prepping for the next um, and thinking about the monitoring of goals and how you, what you select, how you select something to monitor has a lot to do with this destination, right? I mean, that's huge in recognizing that is your focus on the right thing. And how does that focus stay tight enough to your daily work that it keeps you focused on each student, not something that's four months down the road or happens annually where you lose track of the why behind really being here. So that speaks to how you communicate what this destination is, is it's the daily work and we're tracking that that leads us to, you know, those bigger pieces of data that we can measure, but doesn't tell us anything in a timely enough fashion to help us know we're we're navigating on this same right path. Um, but I think the language you pick within that and how you pick that and how you empower your team to be a part of selecting that um, metric you're using or that measurement of some fashion, um, that's a huge way too. I think you could pick anything in our work and talk about it in this fashion. Agreed. So I want to drill down a little bit after listening to to both of you talk, and I, and I want to I want to drill down around the arena the, the arena of accomplishment driven leadership that we call um, captainship, the ability to use our authoritative uh, role right to guide and steer a, a team, an organization, uh, and a group of people toward the use of their discretionary effort. Right, that effort that that is not required, that is not compliance, that is not mandated somewhere. And I just want just get your thoughts around. Hey, I'm a leader. I've got this new destination. I want to. I want to steer us this way. I want us to be intentional. I want us to think about all those compliance things that we have to do and think about them differently in light of how we get how we use those to get closer and closer. But what, as we all know, we get there, we get there if we bring people along with us, right? Because we can't do this work all by ourselves. And so we get there if we can, you know, capture as many people who are excited about about this journey and about this new destination and who are willing to engage um, not only the the work that they have to do, but that discretionary effort that that work that is not mandated to help to help us to help the organization get there. How does an ADL stir that up? Think about you know think about your your roles and your experience, and you know what would you say to someone who's on this journey to being an ADL, an accomplishment-driven leader who's got a new destination, who really needs to get discretionary effort from their team? How what what does it look like 
or sound like to talk about this destination in ways that get us discretionary effort? For our team, it's really been about, I mean, I think we talked about this, I believe, last episode. It's really about each of them and what are, as the adults, and what are their next best steps and understanding that we have redefined that destination collectively, right? So as an ADL, I I, I know where I, where I want us to go, but together we define that. So it's not me mandating, here's what it is, here's what we're going to do, but instead that, you know, Penny always paints the picture about I'm, you know, we're shoulder to shoulder or putting my arm around you saying, let's do this together. And then it's, it's really understanding how does each person get there? What is, what does that look like? So if we want our students to move in a, in a, in a positive direction, how do we ensure that the adults are as well? So our conversations have been around What's your next best step? Here's ultimately where we're heading. What does it mean for you within this journey to to get there? And I'm I am I completely, of course, agree, Kathy. I don't think we'd be on this podcast together if we weren't in agreement. And so <laughs> I uh, 100% agree. I want to back up one step to something that I've recognized in work, and I did. I think it's always been there for every ADL. Um, but I don't know that I always have thought it through in the sense of recognizing that going on. And it's that piece about the barriers. So I think about coming into a new place, which I've been able, gifted to do in the last year, and a brand new seat, and to get to know people, right, relationship-wise, and take the time. Um, it's sometimes hard for me to slow down, don't either of you laugh out loud, and take the time to connect with and really get to know the people that I'm working with. And in order to be shoulder to shoulder and help them understand, help them dig deep, help them see a new destination, I realized how much I needed to also recognize why they were choosing the things they were already choosing. And I'm still recognizing this, right? So they're selecting these things to focus on ways to go about something with intention. They're doing that with intention also for the most part. And in doing so, they have a real reason behind that. They've, they've, you know, whatever that is. And we, none of us, now I'll just talk about myself, recognize the barriers we put in our own, in our own way. And so to be able to come in and understand the climate, to understand what it looks like right now to function in this organization or that organization or wherever, and why people are making the choices they are and why the barriers are what they are, and to see those barriers, I think then we have to start with helping them recognize that that's even a barrier. Because a lot of people, I don't recognize my own barriers as that. Um, I may even see them as something that I could never give up. It's my way of operating, right? Or it's my first go-to. And helping to see that as something that might be in the way to each child or each person's um, ability to belong here and to own this as their own and therefore grow in their discretionary effort toward our common goal. I think that's a huge one is 
really have to acknowledge that every human being puts barriers in their own way or the organization. That one's easy to talk about, right? The organization puts huge barriers in the way of aid. But what are those and why do they exist? And how do we help people talk about them in a way that is a healthy, wow, we need to kind of undo that boulder and help ourselves a little bit because that might actually be in our way instead of being something that's that's helping us like we might have perceived it was. Because if the destination changes that much, then the path to it changes. And it means there are those 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 rocks and those boulders, those tripping points. Um, so I think that's one of the and yes things that you have to do while you come alongside a team. Um, otherwise, I feel like we jam our head right into them. And I know this because I've done it so many times, right? And you fall right over the top of it. And you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Well, you should have, Brockway. I mean, seriously, you've done it more than once, and it's always been in the way. So I think about that one. Um, and I think by naming some barriers that might be in our way and help and helping people name them for themselves helps them also recognize that this is a different conversation, and it holds different language, and we must be headed in a different direction. Um, so I think about that too. What is and everything that you're you're saying, Penny is to me what we we hope and we support teachers in in building for their students right for our students and so everything that we do as accomplishment driven leaders regardless of what area of the organization that you whatever seat you sit in from the classroom all the way through it it is about that sense of of belonging, that relationship, those pieces, and understanding that that each of us does come with different barriers. You know, students, adults, everybody alike. And what it what does that mean to to really build that relationship? So you have that sense of a belong belonging, and and that in, that then brings along that that trust and knowing that whatever those past experiences have been. Yeah, we're redefining our that destination, and sometimes that can that can seem overwhelming and daunting. But we're coming along. We're doing this together. We're coming alongside you. We're going to get there together. I'm not setting a destination and expecting each person to get there on their own. So what that looks like is then being vulnerable, which we use that word quite a bit in our conversations, to be able to recognize those barriers, those boulders that that have been built up over time, whether you're a child or an adult and an accomplishment-driven leader, then with using different language, with redefining that destination also has different actions, of, which includes that incredible support. So then in turn, allows the adults to to want to be a part of it, that discretionary effort comes into play because now I I, I know we're doing this together. You're this isn't about me alone. Mm-hmm. And relationships and trust, not new vocabulary in our no. world at all, but the meaning behind it that goes with each of those shifts from last season, right? That's huge. That's a different type of relationship, and that's a different type of trust. So, yeah, thank you for bringing those to the table. I was sitting here, you know, listening to both of you and and you know the obvious, you know, the the obvious elephant in the room as I was as I was listening was 
what seems to be the current condition for so many educators across the country, right? You know, um, gun violence, um, you know, educators being accused of being indoctrinators, uh, you know, uh, COVID, uh, <laughs> you know, this whole, this whole ridiculous notion of learning loss, uh, you know, and, and the list goes on and on and on. But what we know is that, you know, you know, there are more vacancies in, 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 in districts than we have people who want to, to work, uh, in, in those vacancies. And we know that people are still continuing to leave in record numbers. We know that, you know, board meetings across the country are like the new, you know, those are the new battlegrounds of, of where, where, you know, society's fights are. And again, this isn't about politics. Uh, we could, we'll, we'll, we'll create a new podcast for that, but we know that the reality of where, what our, what our educators are working in is, is so incredibly toxic on on so many levels and that's why and they're leaving in droves is this is this the solution if we if we really employ these tactics these 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 arenas of accomplishment driven leadership and really think and act you know as leaders like you've talked about and we you know, and I'm going to add to that, you know, this whole powerful student care, this whole humanizing approach to to education for not only our students, but for our adults. Does this change in course? Is this what we need to do to respond? You know, because we talk about this amongst the three of us, like, hey, this is just, <laughs> this is, hello, this is, the answers to these questions are so simple. Why are you asking them? Duh, right? We, and yet, and yet we know that the conditions out there for so many educators, teachers and leaders, obviously is different because they're leaving, right? They're leaving. And so what's the relationship between what we're talking about and the current reality of so many of our colleagues, right? Our colleagues, professional colleagues out there in in the country today. Any thoughts about that? I know I'm I'm spinning that and shocking you with this big question because I I see these big eyeballs uh, as as we're talking about it. But any thoughts about that? Because that was is exactly what I was thinking about when I was listening to the two of you the two of you talk. I think it's interesting, Grant, that when you say the elephant in the room for you, that while you were listening and we're talking about uh, trust and relationships. And so I think that elephant's name is fear, right? And there's a lot of reason for people to have a huge sense of fear about engaging in the realm of public education in today's world. And you know, when I, I'm old and when I got into this this world of public education, I never, never would have thought that um, sitting here today, fear would have been one of the things I said about becoming a public educator, that it that there's fear inside of that. And so the counterbalance of fear is exactly what we're talking about. It, it's trust, it's relationships, it's love. And we've talked about that. And we've used that word love in an episode or two also. We in have. The sense that, that is humanity. It's how we're wired and what's what we're wired for. And I think the counter to it is fear. And so, yes, of course, I think this is one of the answers. I think it's the answer. Um, it's just so complex. It's hard to say it's the answer, right? Um, but it's the opposite of for sure. I think it's love and courage. 
Mm-hmm. And it takes a tremendous amount of courage because trying to navigate the current conditions uh, it, it is incredibly tough. It's incredibly challenging. And, you know, we all have our own breaking points to where enough is enough. And being able to build in a, a team of people that is is really grounded in that love and are courageous and are are willing to to do this this work together again going back to like there's not one of us that can do it alone and no matter how full of love how much courage you have it it just is it's not possible it, it, the, the demands those barriers those you know boulders being thrown at you in some some arenas um it it takes it takes a group it takes a team to be able to do that so you know captain obvious to your to your answer there uh dr chandler is that of course this is the answer you know this this is what it is it's about uh there's if you do not have leaders in positions that are that are willing that are courageous enough to define a different destination and navigate that team to that destination it you you're going to be trying i mean spinning your own wheels trying to do it at any other place within the organization and so if you're going to overcome these obstacles like fear and all of the and these things that that we were talking about it is going to require a tremendous amount of strength right uh, a, a tremendous amount of thinking about leadership differently right and so absolutely we think you know if we're, if we're going to if we're going to we're going to we're going to throw out fear right we're we're eventually going to crush fear and bring about discretionary effort that's a huge task that is a huge lift for someone that we call an accomplishment driven leader and that requires right really growing and building our own leadership skills and thinking about you know just you know thinking about those arenas of accomplishment driven leadership that are going to be so important to help us do that right at captainship guidance poise contemplation and realization we're going to need those we're going to need to build those and you know and really think about how we use those if we're going to be able to you know eventually right what we're talking about i think as this conversation becomes organic as we think about it is replacing fear with discretionary effort all headed all all getting us toward a a, a new and different destination that's a heavy lift final thoughts for our conversation this morning i think you're leaving us with a very heavy thoughts <laughs> With this heavy lift, with um, which again is just one of the the huge benefits of these conversations is that it it does help us strengthen our own not only our own resolve for why we do what we do, but also our 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 understandings and pushes us to continuously think and grow. And what does that mean as, you know, because I don't, I don't think you arrive. I've always talked about this in education. You're not going to arrive and then, oh my gosh, here's your certificate for being a, an accomplishment driven leader. 
is we're always working. It's always churning and learning. And I think that that's, that's what I'm left with as always some, some more thinking, some more like, okay, we need to talk more about this. I need to do, I need to do some more work. And therein lies, right, the topic for our next episode, right? We're gonna I threw I threw a big curveball out there. We're gonna think about it and talk about it. And I'll bet you we come back to it in episode four. Penny, final thoughts? I was just gonna say an accomplishment-driven leader actually realizes you never really get to the destination. It's always in front of you, right? Um, it's the journey truly that that you're on. And it's a great gift of self. Um, but you give yourself so much. So it's a beautiful journey. And with that, I'll say have a great week and we'll see you in episode four. And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. New episodes of season five drop every Tuesday beginning June 20th and running through August 22nd. The Wheelhouse is a production of Students Matter LLC. Our show's theme music, Off We Go, was written and performed by Cody Martin and obtained through soundstripe.com. If you'd like to explore this topic further and take our online series of four courses, Exploring Accomplishment-Driven Leadership, or if you have something you'd like to share or a leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at registrar at ourstudentsmatter.org. You can find me on Mastodon and, of course, stop by our website and check out what we offer at www.ourstudentsmatter.org. You can subscribe to this podcast on either iTunes or Spotify, and it can be also found on many other places where you can get your podcasts or on our website at Captivate, and that's HTTPS forward slash forward slash the-wheelhouse.captivate.fm forward slash episodes. If you like our show, please leave us a review. I'd love to hear what you like. Together, our goal is to continually enhance and utilize our arenas of accomplishment-driven leadership, proving to each student and each teacher that they are both distinctive and irreplaceable as hard work but being an educator is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we got this.